All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, everybody. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 205. We're back on a Tuesday, even though we left you hanging on Friday. Would we be back? Would we not? But here we are. Tyler, Rick, mm-hmm. Dan, Bagmilk here, as always, to talk about the Edmonton Oilers for the next little bit. We got some news to get to, gentlemen. But as we do every week, we start off with the delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Moodle, 17 locations and counting. I bet there is one near you. If you're living, listening in Edmonton, anyway, there's absolutely one near you. If you're in Airdrie, Check it out there. Maybe say hi to Princey. Might even see him there. Um, if you don't want to cook tonight, check out Oodle Noodle on DoorDash as well. Ding dong. If you're feeling lazy, it's raining outside. Nobody wants to go outside. Come on. Tyler, what do yep. we got for delicious debates? Today's, de- today's delicious debate is centered around an article and YouTube video that I put out on the Nation Network. Is Zach Cassian worth buying out? He was also number one on Frank Saravalli's 10 buyout candidates for this summer. So um, there's a lot to talk about Cassian in a buyout. So I figured we should all take our swings at it. So while you guys are collecting your thoughts here a little bit, I'll just give you a little number for 2022-23. So that's the upcoming season here. All right. As it stands right now, the Oilers are sitting with $3.4 million in dead cap space. That is courtesy of the Lucic retained salary, which has one year left on it. Man, can you believe that this is already the seventh year of that contract? What a, what a ride it's been. James Neal has got 1.9. Last year, Sexy Reg at 1.5. So for a total of $3.4 million. Rick, are you buying out Zach Cassian? Save you a little bit in year one and two, but then you, get, you pay for it in years three and four. I think you have to get out out from him in one way or another. And that'll be my, my last swing, I guess. Like I know you it's yeah, it's always your last, uh, your last option. I'm going to try and trade him first, see if he can't uh, sweeten it or take back a little bit of money. Um, 
but yeah, if it, if it came down to it and I couldn't get that done, then I'm, yeah, I'm buying them out. Dan, what do you think? Well, it's crazy to me that uh, we're talking about dropping a player for nothing when guys like, uh, geez, the name is Ryan Reeves. Guy that run. Yeah, Ryan Reeves, Delorier, uh, Gajovic. Those guys are transactions that happened at the trade deadline um, to go and help the Minnesota Wild. I know it didn't do much good for them in the playoffs. So I guess, yeah, like for me, I'm not a I'm not a fan of buyouts. I hate having dead money on the cap space, especially when you just don't know what the cap is going to do in the future. So uh, I would avoid a buyout at all costs. I still think that there's a serviceable player in Zach Cassian. And depending on what the league wants to do, we may have some cap space otherwise created um, so that we don't have to, you know, hit panic buttons and try and get rid of Zach Cassian. No. Tyler, you wrote about it with his nation. You buying Cassian up? Can I share with you guys the analogy that I used on the daily face-off show when it comes to buyouts? Please. Is it about bananas? Buyouts are like going out drinking with your friends. You have one or two. It's not bad. Okay. You get three or four in you. And in the moment, it's great. Right. You're having a good time. You're slamming back the beers. Everyone's living. But it's the next morning when you wake up and those beers are no longer fun. They suck. And that's buyouts, right? The Oilers got one or two on the books right now. Should they go for a third? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. Come on. One more. What's one more? You'll have a little bit more walking around money this summer. Life will be good in years three and four of the buyout. That's maybe when you need to think, you know, when you're drinking, do you work tomorrow? How much will this suck tomorrow? Can you just lay around and be lazy in bed? Then yeah, having an extra one's not bad. And that's where I'm going with this. Years three and four of Cassian's buyout, the hangover portion of this buyout actually isn't that bad. It's $990,000. He's a winger. At that point, you're assuming Holloway and likely Borgo are up with the big club. And maybe by that point, the salary cap just starts to creep up just a little bit more. And you have a little bit more flexibility. And again, $960,000 is not the worst amount of dead cap space you could have. Sekera is off the books. Keith is off the books. Clefbaum's off the books. A lot of money moves off the books in those years. And you have some young talent coming up in your forward group that can maybe give you some cheap roster replacements. So I think it is worth it. Obviously, it would be better to retain $1.2 million and trade the guy. It'd be better to trade him straight up and get a pick back, although I don't think that's happening. But if we're sitting here at the table, the server's coming around and saying one more round, I think Ken Holland should say yes, one more round of buyouts for me. I have to say bravo on the analogy. It's it's I think it's pretty appropriate. Nice. It's good and it's really funny because I'm always the guy that has the one or two drinks and then I'm out of the bar back to the hotel. So, you know, that's that's where it stands. And you know how I roll. Yes, I do. You live you live for no tomorrow. Dan's going to get get betting on the pet on the uh, ponies first thing in the morning. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, As somebody that enjoys taking her up to 10 and keeping her there for a minute. <laughs> Uh, I like the analogy. I just, do we know for sure there's no trade market for him? Cause the reason I asked that is cause last year, Frank Saravalli implied that there kind of was a year ago and with only two years left on his deal, especially if the Oilers could maintain or uh, retain a little bit of money. Like, do you have the number? Can you pull the numbers up in front of you, Tyler, on what yep. the buyout will actually cost in years one and two? Because it, would it be cheaper to retain 1 million or 1.2 and try and trade a $2 million player 
than it would to buy him out. I guess that's what I'm most curious about. How creative can Ken Holland possibly be with this one? So the cap hit is 3.2 for the next two seasons. So you save two and a half million dollars this year and $1.3 million next year by buying him out. And then it comes with the penalty. I think if you're willing to retain 1.3 million and you can trade Cassian as a two or as a $1.9 million cap at that point, I think keeping 1.3 is the furthest I would kind of go in that. Um, because you know, the second year it's pretty much the same. You're retaining 1.3, then you don't have the dead cap space. And for this coming summer, okay, you have $1.2 million less, but you you bite the bullet on that because 960k for those following two years that doesn't end up happening now at that point i would expect an asset in return if i'm trading cassian as a 1.9 million dollar player and i'm retaining 1.3 i'd be going to other teams saying you're giving me a fourth fourth or fifth round pick for this guy because if you're if you're retaining 1.3 and giving up a pick to get rid of him well at that point just bury him in the minors and save the 1.1 million that way right and replace him with Holloway on your roster and you're you're good to go. I know the bonuses would make that a little sticky but um I that's how I would roll with it. 1.3 is the most I'd be willing to retain on that contract and I'd be expecting an asset back because at that point just throw him in the minors it's the same thing. Man, I just hate having dead money like on on the books and I know what you're saying that a bunch of it comes off even as soon as next year, like Lucic and sexy Reg are off. So that's just under $2 million for next year, but they got a lot of work to do this off season and you don't want to be pissing any away. But then again, what's the trade market for a guy that has 26 combined points over the last two seasons? You know, it's not great. No, it's not. And like you mentioned, Nick Delorier and Ryan Reeves, like the Reeves deal was weird because New York was like shaking in their boots about Tom Wilson. And but Reeves had one more year left on a deal. I know the Rangers have since signed him. Delorier was a rental. And, you know, come like if Cassian had one more year on this deal, I think you'd find a taker for him. But it's yeah. that second year that I think leaves a lot of GMs maybe going, eh, I don't really want to do that. It's just a hard one, right? Like this one has to go down as like. Just remember the timing of this one too. This one got signed, what, like a month before the pandemic hit? Like we probably shouldn't even have been talking about this one right now, but that's the way she goes. You know? Yeah. The way she goes. What's your best guess, boys, on what happens with Cassian? You got three options essentially. He's here, he gets bought out, or he gets traded. If you were just to guess what's your gut telling you as of today, June 14th, what do you say, Rick? Probably going to end up being a buyout. I think a trade would just be too much in our favor and that doesn't work out our way sometimes. So I'm, I'm guessing I buy out. Dan, what do you think? I'm going to say he ends up like an Arizona coyote. I think that that's, I think his future. And I think Ken Holland, this is his off season. I believe in you can trust the process. Tyler, what do you think? What's your gut? Tyler? My gut is telling me buyout but I'm trying real hard to remain optimistic. Like the other tough part of this contract is that his salary this season is up at three and a half next year. It drops to 2.3. So if you're going to move him to a team like in Arizona, you're probably keeping a million dollars beginning because then in that last season, Arizona's probably sitting there going, Hey, at 1.3 against our actual books, we get a player 
maybe they look at Delorier and Reeves and go, hey, we bring Cassie in here. We play him for a whole year in the top nine. Maybe he bangs home 15 goals and he's got trade value and we can get a better asset back for him. So I could see a team taking a chance on him. It would probably be an Arizona type who ends up getting him. Maybe, I don't know, this doesn't seem like a Steve Eiserman move because he's really smart, but like maybe Eiserman is like, hey, I got all these young kids. We got money to spend. I need some protection for them in the lineup. Let's get old crazy eyes in here, close to home, all that stuff, and and bring them in. But I could see him going to Arizona, but I'd say like if I'm handicapping it, 75% chance he gets bought out by the Oilers. Does anyone think that he's here next year? Writing's on the wall, right? Like he I, he actually had some good moments in the playoffs. He had some games or stretches again where he just disappeared. Um, but he had good games in the playoffs. He scored a couple of big goals for them. So I don't want to say it's like completely no, but I'd say like, again, if I'm handicapping it, 99% chance he's not here. <laughs> it's not completely no, but it's 99. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're like the reverse dumb and dumber. Like there's a chance, right? There's a chance that like if they move Barry and they get like a second rounder for Warren Fogle and a few other things happen, maybe Holland sits there. And is like, ah, shit, I'm not buying him out. And then like a couple deals fall through at the last second. And Holland's like, shit, I still have him. And the buyout window's closed. Like, damn, missed my chance. When's, like, the, when's, the, when's the buyout window close? I think it closes at like free agency. I'll when does it open? Uh, did Frank have anything in his article? It comes up. Because don't you think, don't you think okay. like a, a trade, a trade may take a lot more time, might be more into the summer. Therefore the bio window is closed. Therefore you have to, you have to choose buyout or keep them before you're going to get that trade done. July one is when the window opens and it lasts about two weeks. I was going to say, so original free agency kicks off on the 13th. And you, original Puzar will be in our DMs telling us he after the show. And he's good with that kind of stuff. Uh, the is. other thing, though, you get that second buyout window that opens if you get a player that goes to arbitration, right? Um, so the Oilers have Pugliarvi and Yamamoto who are ARB eligible. Uh, it looks like Benson and Perlini are ARB eligible as well. Um, that according to Cap Friendly. So if you really wanted to, you could like take Benson or Perlini to arbitration but since the arbitration ago. case is relatively yeah. low and you could open up a second window that way. But again, beg no, if we talk, we've talked about this. Do we trust Ken Holland to be that creative? No, no, probably not. I mean, if I was to guess like right now, probably a buyout. If, if the decision is to get him off your books and like in terms of today, probably a buyout, even though I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, it sucks. They would have a they would have a top six winger worth of dead cap space just sitting there. That's a real bummer. Um, I want to hear from you though. Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. What's your move? You got three options. He's is he coming back? Is he getting bought out? Or is he getting traded? Those are your options. I want to hit I want to hear from you if you're listening to this Owen Radio Podcast. Let us know. Got also. It? Um, yes. I have a video up about it on the Nation Network YouTube. If you listen to this, please go subscribe to the Nation Network on YouTube. I'm going to have a whole series of off-season question stuff going on there. Waz and Coombsy and them are going to have a ton of content going up. Sometimes we have videos of this very podcast going up there. Um, a lot of stuff going on. We're almost at 3,000 subscribers, which is a big goal of ours. So get us to 3,000 subs. There you go. And in the meantime, go check out our friends at Cornerstone Insurance it, just in case you need anything, or maybe you want to check out their quote option and see what you can get for yourself. Maybe a little bit of savings. Citizens of the nation will get a discount from our friends at Cornerstone. Check them out at cornerstoneins.ca. 
for 90 years and four generations. They have been an employee and family-owned business right here in Edmonton. Go check them out at cornerstoneins.ca. Big news, massive news for the Oilers yesterday. I know Dan is pumped. You get two more years. Brad Malone. Dan, how pumped are you? Oh, it's, you know, it's awesome to see. And for a guy, for a guy that's fought his way through this organization, fought his way through the Colorado organization, um, you know, he's the captain of the AHL team. And that's just the way that I think we can look at him from here on out. He is going to lead our AHL team. And if you need a bottom six replacement, he's ready to go for you. So I like to see it. You like to see a guy with that brings some energy and some, some grit to the game, uh, keep getting contracts and keep staying within an organization that he seems to enjoy being a part of too. Well, for Brad Malone, he is as of this moment, he just turned 33 on May 20th. So I think it's also important to have some good vets down in mm-hmm. Bakersfield that show the kids how to be pros because the others are having a lot more kids running through their system right now. So a guy like Malone probably showed them how it's done. According to the contract details, Malone signed a two-year, two-way contract for $762,000 as an annual average value. Anybody else? Thoughts on Malone? Tyler, how excited are you? Pumped? Yeah, you know what? I I actually tend to like him more than I think a lot of other people do, Dan aside. Like, whenever he's in the lineup, he buzzes around. Like, he kills penalties. I know this is a deal that's being signed for him to go down to the American League. And don't sleep on the value a guy like Brad Malone can bring you being Mm -hmm. down in the American League. When it's Tulio and Savoy and Noah Philp and Borgo and Holloway, all these guys are going down there. And you need to have good pros. I, I, I just think it's a really good idea when you have guys like Malone. Even if you had to send a guy like Devin Shore down there next year, good value vets who know how to play the game, who are good examples in the room, who know what it's like to be in the NHL at the same time, who can be almost like player coaches down there. It's valuable. So don't laugh and be like, oh, two year deal. What's Ken Holland doing? Like Brad Malone plays an important role when he's down there. And when he came up, like he scored a big goal this year against Washington. He got into a couple of playoff games like he's the guy who can when you need him. You just do the little manager wave to the bullpen. Brad Malone comes up and gives you solid minutes. There's nothing wrong with this deal. It's I actually applaud the Oilers for giving him the second year, because I think when you have good people in your organization, you don't let them go. And that's almost something that this organization lacked in the decade of darkness. You didn't have good pros down in the American League. You didn't even have good coaches down in the American League. I think this is an outstanding move. Which sounds weird because it's a brand. I was just going to say, we didn't even have a franchise for a stretch. There was a time where they didn't even have an AHL franchise. So uh, all in all, good move. How's this about a little surprise for Brad Malone for you guys? Uh, Courtesy of Puckpedia.com. Career earnings of 7.5 million bucks for the guy. He has ground his way into a hell of a career. Good for you, Brad Malone. We We speak your name, sir. We speak your name. Uh, and I, that was not a two-way contract, by the way. I apologize. That is just a two-year contract. Uh, so oh, I did. I thought I saw two-way. It a is couple, two-way in a couple of places. Is it two-way? So it's two-way, yeah, and like it's whatever league minimum in the NHL, two hundred and fifty k in the American League. Oh, but he's okay. got I see it. I see he's it. got guarantees that like he's guaranteed three hundred and fifty k guaranteed in year one, three hundred guaranteed in year two, six hundred sixty k over two years. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I didn't get paid shit to ride a bus. Tell you that much. Uh, next up, I want to look at the Mike Smith situation. We talked about it on Friday, potentially contemplating retirement or on the latest 32 thoughts, Elliot Friedman is saying maybe LTIR for, for Mike Smith. Um, that way he's still, I would imagine. And again, 
original Puzar will correct us. You would still get his money that way if he did that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't see him. Even people joke about the Duncan Keith thing, right? And like, oh, he'll just retire. And it's like, why would I know it's like, oh, it's only a million dollars. But like, if you were sitting there, no matter how much money you made in your life, it was like, oh, hey, you can either file your paperwork and retire or make a million dollars and sit on LTIR all year. Like you would pick the LTIR. You like, you just get your money, right? So that's why when the Smith retirement thing was coming up, it's like, if he retires due to injuries, why would he not just be like, no, I want my couple million and I'm hurt. I don't know. I never understood. I didn't get it either. To me, it just well, seems like I've been trying to hurt myself to get the nation to put me on LTI yeah. for years and it just hasn't worked. So I, I don't get why anybody would either. Well, and it's a funny thing to me too, where like this news just comes out that we're inquiring about their retirement status. And now they're going to be like, no, no, I can play, but just put me on the LTIR. So like, I, it's just a weird kind of sequence. I think it'd be up to, I don't think it'd be up to them putting them on the LTIR. I think it'd be us going, okay, you want to come back? All right. Well, if that's the case, you have soft tissue damage. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's where I'm just saying. It's like, it's a weird league that we're having this conversation and being like, are you going to retire or are we just going to put you into this thing that <laughs> you were going to say, you don't, yeah, well, that's why. exactly it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, we're talking, we're all talking openly about how we're going to lie about what's going on next year. I don't know. It's weird. That brings me to another quote that just got shared in my group tag. Zach Lang posted this one in there. Uh, Friedman was talking again today. Remember how much we were talking in January, February about Huso and the Oilers. I just wonder if that one kicks up again in the offseason. I think the Oilers are preparing for the possibility of a future without Mike Smith, whether it's retirement or LTIR. Tyler, how do you feel about Huso? It really makes me nervous, man. Um, like he had a really good regular season and he's in that age where sometimes goalies kick into their prime, right? He's 27 years old. He doesn't turn 28 until next February, but he only has 57 career NHL games under his belt in the regular season. Granted, he's got good numbers, 912, 274. There's a lot to like about him. He's six foot three. So like the size is there. I just, if you're running Skinner and Huso next season, combining for what under a hundred games in the regular season. Is that really the right strategy to go into a year where you're hoping to win a Stanley cup? I don't know. It maybe it is maybe Huso's great. And I hope the Oilers scouting gets it right. If they back up the truck for him, but he is not going to be that cheap and he is not proven and neither is Skinner. That makes me nervous. Uh, yeah, he is a, uh, a UFA as of well, whenever contracts expire at the end of this month, I think. So yeah, that's an interesting one. In 2021-22, he made 750 grand. So that was a league minimum-ish, I think, right? Um, so he'll probably get a little bit of a bump at the very least there. So that one also makes me nervous, especially you don't want to lose Stuart Skinner for nothing on waivers. So he has to be around, kind of, unless they plan on carrying three goalies. Uh, anybody else excited or not about Ville Husso? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like Tyler said, you know, there's there's a lot riding on this season and putting it in the hands of someone who has done not a whole lot is a bit of a risk. I'm all good with it. I like I I think that this I think we we are shell shocked as a as a fan base. And I also just don't think there's a ton of options out there as well. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody in there and their dad and mom are looking at 
John Gibson right now. Oh. I've seen posts, you know, asking which Oiler or which Canadian team is going to go after him, which tells me that there's going to be a bidding war for his services. Um, and then the free agent list. I mean, Huso is what? Yeah, like top three on the on the free agent goalie list. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's not ideal, but who who knows if he comes in and he excels, then we're happy with it. So I don't know. You're, you're right, Tyler. Hopefully the scouts have, uh, have learned some of their lessons and, and made some of their, their mistakes with, with uh, Koskinen and, uh, and Smith and, and Huso's a shining star for us in the season. Come. Uh, speaking of which the Koskinen contract just got officially announced yesterday, though we kind of known about it for almost a month. Zach wrote about it at weathersnation.com, but yesterday official, two years in Switzerland, a lot less stress for Miko. I imagine going over to Switzerland. So we wish him well again. If you missed it, we did a, a very passionate goodbye to Miko a couple episodes ago. Go back and check that out. Uh, the other interesting question is because the Oilers, like Dan mentioned, have asked for what's the plan from both Mike Smith and Duncan Keith. They want to hear by about the end of the month or at least a week before free agency when they can start to talk to people. Though the interesting thing about the Duncan Keith one is that if he retired for after this season, the Blackhawks would have a $7. million recapture cap hit allocated as $5.5 million in 2022-23, million in 2023-24. Uh, the new team, which means the Oilers would have a benefit savings of 3.4 million in 2022, 23. So you're like, yes, excellent. That sounds great. Then Puckpedia also clarified they are hearing that the NHL's current position is that teams should not receive recapture cap benefits or credits, even though the calculation is outlined in the 2013 CBA in section 50.5 D2. There would likely be a major discussion between the team and the NHL if Keith did indeed retire. Now, obviously, he has to say he's retiring before any of this matters, but how NHL is that? That the rule they had on the books in 2013, now a decade later, is like, oh, well, well, hang on a minute. Now, if this actually comes true, that you, you can't you can't penalize Chicago for this, even though it was part of the CBA. Uh, Tyler, what do you think of that? I just, when they did the whole thing with James Neal, I kind of like defended the NHL. I was like, you know, if this was shoe on the other foot and we were Oilers fans and like we got the third round pick, we'd be sitting here saying it's fair, pandemic, blah, blah, blah. But then you take that, you couple it with the Shirelli and the McClellan stuff and how the Oilers had to give up picks. And then right when they did, it was like, oh, get rules done, rules done, rule is done now, no more. <laughs> and, and now you get this. And it's like the Vancouver Canucks had this happened to them, the Florida Panthers got the bonus and all that stuff. Okay. So why now do we randomly decide on June 13th, 20 or June 14th, 2022, whenever they had their little talk that they're like, yeah, you know what? It's kind of a dumb rule. Hey, like how can you operate like that? That doesn't even make sense. I'm like, honestly, mind blown. And obviously I, I think the NHL is probably pulling some strings behind the scenes, going to Duncan Keith being like, don't retire. We cannot deal with this. But like, if he does, and this happens. What a joke of a league. It's insane. It How do you just, we have, I don't know. I, I think I feel like it's pretty easy for a lawyer to sit there and argue against that. Like there's already a contract It's already written. It's signed by everybody. Everything's like, it's all whatever. The ink is dry. I can see them changing the rule and which going forward, like starting whenever the day they do that, they make the rule change. I just can't fathom how they get away with, 
just putting their foot down and saying, okay, no, this doesn't matter anymore with the GM thing. I get it. They changed the rules and therefore anything that was done before within the old set of rules had to stand up. Therefore the same thing has got to be right here. There's precedence there. I, I, I don't get, I understand these, the stuff's coming out. So it makes for great conversation right now. I just don't see how they could do it. I would probably lose my fucking mind if it does happen. But I just can't possibly figure out how they get away with that. Yeah, like I agree. Unless, like, they, unless they have to compensate us somehow. And I don't know how you go ahead and compensate us, whether it's a like a like a last round of the first or last of the second round pick. I don't know what they'd do for that. But you'd need some sort of compensation. But also, it, this would be the NHL going out of their way to help the Chicago Blackhawks. If any franchise does not deserve to be helped or like helped up <laughs> on the, other, it's the Chicago yep. Blackhawks people. Like, even if the NHL was greasy and doing things in backdoor ways, why are you trying to screw over the team that's trying to get Connor McDavid further in the playoffs? That's good for your business. Chicago has been bad for your business. So even that angle of it, if you do believe in conspiracies and you know they hate this organization love this organization why why is this the order you're picking them like oh okay. god well for me here, here's where my issue you guys listed some valid things that happened to the edmonton oilers but how about the fact that we've been talking now for two years straight about how the tampa bay lightning have been using the litr ltir as their own personal weapon against the rest of the league and everybody says it's against the spirit of the rule it's against the spirit of the thing why haven't we changed that rule yet why is this something that the nhl I got a chance to well, well i don't know yeah exactly i don't know what they do in the this league year? Says. But it now was, they can it go. Was Vegas who did, it was Vegas. It was who Vegas did it this year with uh, with Eichel. But then he came back, yeah, and so they they got off they on that. But 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 for me, this league can't sit there and throw their hands up in the air very recently about their current champion, and then turn around and say, no, no, we're going to panic, change the rules because the shittiest team in the league for the last fifteen years is going to benefit be, from it. it to do that one, you need the PA involved to do that one. And this one, they must not need the PA. Well, but I would be my guess. I think they do. And I kind of read something about that, where what this does with Keith going away and all the recapture is like, it actually messes with the amount of money that's available for teams to spend in the general pool, which is supposed to be whatever, 50% of HRR. Like they're, is some weird implications with how this affects or it could affect the PA and why they may have a vested interest. Like the PA didn't really care when there was the third round pick for Neil. Right. Cause like that didn't matter at all. They wouldn't have cared with the GM coaching pick compensation. Cause like who cares? Doesn't matter. But this one affects the salary cap pool and how much money is available for players to earn. So it might actually be, there might be an interesting tie in there. But the other thing for me, maybe we can, maybe we can argue a free buyout as the compensation then. The other thing to be sweet. that bothers me about this is this CBA, the, the arguing and the creation of this CBA caused us to lose how many seasons in my lifetime now. And you guys yeah. went and created rules that you didn't, you know, run the scenarios through afterwards to see if it applies in the way that you want it to. Like what are, what is this league doing? If not punishing the fans further by not doing your work at the time that you make the agreement that you signed. I just, it, it, like, it just, it, it boggles my mind. It's so frustrating to be an NHL fan. What, like, what's to, to take that further? What's the point of having a CBA if the rules don't even matter down the line? It's just like, yeah. what, what's the fucking point of it? You know? Well, it's, just, it's like any other, it's like any other 
any other deal, you always try and find loopholes. You try and do it on the ice. You try and find it. You try and do it everywhere, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to do it. Whether, it's, piece, whether exactly. it's a, a written piece of paper or, you know, the game on the ice. But the precedent that they've set is we're going to throw our hands up in the air and say, we don't know what we're doing, or we're going to change the punishment and then only punish the people that we followed through with. The, the inconsistency is the only consistent thing about this league. It's going to be a weird one. So we've got a couple of weeks to wait, I guess, until we get this decision. I still don't think it's going to matter anyway. I'm, I'm operating under the assumption yeah. that Keith is playing next year. Yeah. And if that's the case, Dude, that's, that's a very uncomfortable summer to have though. Like you got to get yourself back into shape and whatnot. That's a, that's oh, not very God. fun to do. Well, and, and then the, when you're at the bottom of the mountain, it's uh it's a little more, it's a little more daunting task than, than once you're in there. Hey, if you don't, if you do, if you don't get to sell me reasons why Duncan Keith should retire, man, you won everything you could possibly win in this game, baby. Go relax. <laughs> Go relax. <laughs> And don't forget the team did publicly ask him if he's retiring. <laughs> what if he retire? What if he says he retires? And then in, in August, he's like, ah, okay, I'm coming back now. Like he does the old Tom Brady. He's got to do can't, that. Can't affect us negatively. Can it? He's got to do a season of baseball first. before his <laughs> the, NHL, the NHL <laughs> add a new rule that we get a recapture penalty of double his contract. I said he this needs time. to go play a different professional sport uh, yeah. for a season. Play for the rip. Play for the River Hawks. <laughs> you come play for the River Hawks. <laughs> well, we can make this happen. We can make this happen. You can pull some strings. Tyler, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that, like, if if there is something like that where Keith or Smith, like, tells the Oilers on July 1, like, hey, I'm done. Like, don't worry about me coming back next year. Then midway through August, they're like, ah, I would just say, and I've said it before on the show, you're going to Bakersfield. And I'm pretty sure they would quickly be like, actually, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm done. I was just kidding. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Have you looked at April places Fools. in Stockton? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Please enjoy Stockton. <laughs> it is an excellent place to play. Um, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Twig and Berries. If you go to twigandberries.ca, there you'll find Bearded Brad. Look at them. I'm looking at him right now. What an Adonis in his ODR hoodies. I like this ODR hoodie. I think I need one. The black one looks really comfortable. Looks soft. Looks nice. I love my Connor hoodie. I have the black one of those. Very, very warm. Go to twiggyberries.ca. Use the promo code NATION15. Or if you're out in the boat in St. Albert, go check them out in store. Maybe pick up a fresh pair of Nutsack undies. I promise you, they will hold everything in place just as you always wish they would. Got it? Good. Good. Of course. Um, looking at some other stuff that's going on, the Stanley Cup playoffs or the Stanley Cup finals, I should say, kick off tomorrow night. Might as well talk about that just a little bit. We've got Colorado going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What's everybody's vibe for the Cup finals? We've got a chance for the Lightning to three-peat. The Colorado Avalanche are looking to grab their first Stanley Cup since 2001. What do you think, Tyler? I'll start with you. Let me float. Let me answer your question with a question. Do you view the Oilers season more favorably if you're allowed to say they lost to the eventual cup champions? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. I, hate I get that. that people do that, but like, that's a very Toronto Maple Leafs move. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. they like lose out in the first round and they're like, Oh, well, so-and-so ended up winning or something like that. I, I just, no, you lost. That's fine. Mm-hmm. They, that doesn't take away from the season. They made it to the Western conference finals, yeah. but I don't care who wins the Stanley cup. I'm probably not even going to watch. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I, <laughs> I think it might be Colorado's time just because I'm kind of rooting for it. They were my pick to win the cup at the beginning of the playoffs. Stunner, I really went out on a limb. Um, they were my pick to win the cup. 
I, 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 I'm kind of over the lightning. Like, okay, let's get some new blood in here. You know, watch McKinnon and McCarr get their ring, all that stuff. Then next year, the, the, they can go to the side and the Oilers can win. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at the betting odds. Tampa Bay is like plus 150. That doesn't make sense to me. Vasilevsky is borderline unbeatable. Um, I'm, I'm betting on the lightning, but cheering for the abs to win, if that makes any sense. I am the opposite. I find it, I would think it would be very funny if Nathan McKinnon did not win and he had to go home and have a sad boy cookie or something like that for the first time all year. I would also no just like in terms of just pure cheering, cause I don't really care who wins this one. I think it would be amazing if Patty Maroon picked up a fourth mm-hmm. straight ring. All of a sudden he's got four knuckles covered. I'd be welding those babies together and just wearing them as a knuckle ring nonstop all over the place. That'd be a hell of a story. Four straight rings per Patty Maroon. And I always love him. This city loves the big rig. So I'm going to be cheering for him personally. Other than that, I don't really care too much. Dan, what do you think? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say to bag milk. Uh, after watching Nathan McKinnon and company do what they did to us after the whistles and during the whistles and all that kind of stuff, my, uh, bitter fan mode is in high gear. So it's all Patrick <laughs> Maroon all day. Let's go get effed Colorado. Rick, what do you think? Patty for Pete. I just, you know, I, I don't think Colorado is going to get away with the stuff uh, against Tampa Bay, whether it be through the officials or the way uh, Tampa Bay um, responds, like uh, as opposed to the way we did. Uh, they're just not going to get away with that type of stuff. Their goaltending isn't good enough. You're not going to be able to keep all those shooters off the board. Um, Vasilevsky is damn near unbeatable. Um, even if they're up three, nothing, the dude's never lost an elimination. Game. They're probably going to still win, come back and reverse sweep them that way. It's, it's, they're just too good. And I, I, uh, yeah, I just, I don't like Colorado's chance here. I, I think it's over in, in six. It could be a little bit quicker than that, but I'd have to guess six for Tampa Bay. Is uh, Tyler, do you know if Colorado's getting any injured players back? Like is Kadri playing in the finals? Uh, Friedman has kind of said Kadri, if he plays at all, is mid to late series. I think Chris Johnston said he's not playing at all. Braden Point, according to Frank, is going to play game one. What about uh, defense there for Colorado? Anybody other long-term injuries coming back? No, nah, Gerard's Gerard. still out though. Yeah, I imagine Gerard's what I mean? still done. Yeah. So their six is kind of set. I think um, to me, a big difference in these cup finals is going to be the goaltending. Like Kemper, I saw today. He says he's ready to go, but not sure if he's playing game one. Uh, he hasn't been good in the playoffs. Francis was fine against the Oilers, but he's not Vasilevsky. To me, I think that Tampa has a massive advantage in that, even though Colorado is a bunch of players that could score. Thoughts? Yeah, like I just, that's right. the goaltending is a big part of it. Um, I just, there's, you look at Colorado, ton of question marks. You look at Tampa Bay and it's the brick wall of Ashalevsky, best goalie in the world, top two, top three goaltender all time in the sport. Like it's, how can you really be against him, right? And a Braden Boyd. Top two, top three in the sport? Ever, ever. Like in history? I think he, if he wins another Conn Smythe, he's the best goalie of all time. Absolutely no debating it. What? Who's it? Right now? Right now. He could never play another game in the NHL. If they win a ring and he gets another Conn Smythe, he could never play another game in the NHL. He's first ballot Hall of Famer. That I agree with. Best all time. Best all time. I have no problem saying it. Look at the era he's playing in, man. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's super competitive. It's and he's just head and shoulders above every other goalie, in my opinion. And look what he does in crunch time in elimination games. He just like pitches shutouts and it's like nothing. That's insane. where are his enterprise rent a car commercials like Martin Broder. Hmm? 
He's got not one of those. I haven't seen a single one. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a conversation that has to happen, but I I don't necessarily believe that you're going to get a lot of people that agree with you yet, Tyler. I think we have to see the totality of his career. I I don't disagree with you. I actually think that you're right. I just think that people are going to be stuck on the Patrick Waugh's and the Martin Brodeur's. Yeah. What if he played it, but never made the, what if he never made the playoffs? Like, yeah, he could play his numbers back down, but if he keeps it, if he just keeps doing what he's doing right now for the rest of his career, you think that's He's no Mike Morris. That's big praise. <laughs> I, I, I can't even argue it. I, I don't think I've ever sat down and looked hard enough at comparables. Um, to me, it's just growing up in the era with all those goalies at once. I feel That's like they're the almost, almost untouchable. Yeah. Um, unless I sit back and, and, and start to like look at things actual on paper, but the feeling I get <laughs> just watching the games and pay attention um, is yeah, I, that's yeah, that's crazy to say it. Uh, and but like you also have to look at the like at, look at look at the demographics of our podcast, and then look at the demographics of our listeners. I feel like there's there is some older listeners that are probably screaming at us about some goalie yeah. that they remember that we have never seen the game footage of, and so we don't necessarily. The, click the one guy looking at Vasilevsky here, real quick. Sorry, Tyler. Um, the lowest save percentage he's ever had in his career over a season was when he played 24 games in 2015-16, and he still finished with a 9-10. From there, it went 917, 920, 925, 917, 925, 916. And in the playoffs right now, he's rocking a 928. So uh, to put lightly, he's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, hey, I think, think the one guy. Do you think there's any do Sorry. you think there's any any benefit to playing in this era now than there was to in the 80s? Because right now you have a lot more structured um, teaching of the, of the position where as in the eighties, it was kind of like, okay, put the pads on and go hang out by there. And the team will do this stuff over here. And then on, you know, Friday night, we got to play together. Like they didn't really pay attention to the goalie all that much where now it's a, it's a, like you could almost do a blindfolded, you know, well, and a lot of those goalies in the eighties were first of all, tiny, yeah. like there are no Darren pangs getting drafted in that anymore. Dude, I was, I was, I was, I wanted to. See, I was trying to look for a photo of him, but I remember seeing a photo of uh, Bobrovsky out of his equipment. <laughs> it's hilarious. He's tiny. Um, the only goalie who I think maybe even if Vasilevsky wins and gets a Smythe is Hasek, who you could probably be like, okay, no, still because like Hasek's got like six Vesnas and stuff, and he's got a couple of rings too. I um, mean, never had a Smythe. so ha- but Hasek, I think you can make the case that he's better. If you're old That's enough, crazy, to that, if you had Hasek, to ask me, if you had to ask, I probably wouldn't have said Hasek was the, the best goalie at that point. Cause I feel like he was more reactionary. Whereas, um, like wall was kind of like, that's the way you're supposed to play goal. Whereas, you know, Hasek just kind of threw his shit around and kept the puck out of that incredibly. This is going to sound like an insult, but I honestly don't mean it that way. But Hasek played the way Mike Smith wishes he could in the sense that there was just like Rick said, no matter what, he would throw his body around and he would end up stopping stuff because he had that weird bucket. <laughs> so that's Dominic Hasek. Wow. And, and his teams were never really anything to write home about either. So, yeah. All right. We got uh, a quick one here for Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Only a couple of questions here, boys. So I'm giving you a, a light day today. Uh, check them out at busterspizza.ca. You got some pasta deals on there. Maybe you want some wings. Maybe you want pizza. Maybe you want a donair. It doesn't matter. They've got it all. You just get all of them. You get all of them in a multi-course serving. And you can just... I like. We haven't talked about that in a while, but Rick used to do that, getting orders from different spots. 
You could do all in one. Sure. Buster's pizza, <laughs> wings, salad, pasta, pizza, donair. Just just spread them out. Just keep making orders come in. Next six, seven, eight hours of your life, make them magical. Busterspizza.ca, find a location near you. If you don't know, the boys haven't heard these questions. That's it. You submitted them, sent them to me. I asked the questions. Dan, I'm starting with you on this first one. Uh, just want to know your guys' thoughts on someone needing a change of scenery and possibly a trade with the Rangers. Do you think there's any way a trade of Capo Caco for Yessi Pugliarvi could work? Um, extras added either way to make it work. Dan? I, honestly, I don't know enough about what Capo Caco is doing at this point. He had a lot of promise coming up. Um, has he, has he fulfilled that? I feel like a lot of the Rangers young guys are still kind of coming into their mold. So I don't know, like, you know, based on name alone, sure. That's a, that's a trade I would look at, but I'm not trading Jesse Pugliari myself. So to answer the question, offer a little bit of additional context in 43 games played with the Rangers this year, Capo Caco had seven goals, 11 assists for 18 points. The big thing was that he got scratched late in their playoff run. Tyler, how do you feel about some kind of deal revolving Caco and Pugliari? Yeah, I'd do it. Um, I think Caco's still got a lot of promise. He's a big body. If you're looking to swap, I don't want to say problem for problem because I think that's a little harsh, but like something along those lines, right? Two guys maybe looking for a fresh start, swap them. Sure. I don't what think is that? Yeah, it's not me. Oh, no, that's not me. That's not mine either. Someone's getting a phone call. Okay. <laughs> I'm not oh, even hearing it though. We got a uh, mystery phone call coming in. I was getting a phone call, but I'm not sure how you guys would have heard it. You're connected oh. to the roadcaster. Maybe try. Uh, I am connected the to the roadcaster. Okay. Maybe I don't, but I don't know if the listeners will even hear it because I wasn't seeing the audio levels for it. I'm gonna mark oh. that. Oof. Well, if you didn't, what just happened is there was a phone ringing and none of us knew who it was. <laughs> Turns out it was probably me. Back I was getting worried. I thought it was mine. I thought it was mine too. I was like, well, I don't know what's going on. Cause I actually have that as a, <laughs> that exact thing. I have it as alarm tone that I use for like timers uh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, back to your Kako Puliarvi take Tyler. Yeah. Kako Puliarvi. Um, I would do it. I don't think the Rangers would. That was my whole take. Rick. Yeah. I'm just looking at his body size now, six, three, two Oh five. That doesn't scare me, scare me away as much, but I, we can't be bringing on smaller, weaker bodies right now, especially for bigger ones, like the size of Pugliarvi. I think he can learn how to utilize that body uh, in a more aggressive manner. And just that type of a player, I think, is more valuable in the long run than, say, uh, a smaller, lighter type of player who doesn't like to get physical in the playoffs. We've seen already what happens in the playoffs. We need those bigger bodies. We need guys like Hyman who can, who can muck it up and, and down low. And uh, the guys who kind of veer away from that stuff. Um, they're not useful in the playoffs and they're not, they're not useful for me then. Honestly, I'm kind of with Dan in the sense that I haven't watched enough Rangers games to know what Capo Caco is or is not, you know, um, personally, I still think I'm on team. Yesa, And I think that the others would be better served trying to find a way to make that work. Uh, second question for ask the idiots. I will start with Rick on this one. If Kane doesn't sign with us, which is a big possibility and Ken Holland puts on his big boy pants and does some good cap management. Would you rather have, and this is all hypothetical, mind you, would you rather have hypothetically speaking, Nazem Kadri or Evgeny Malkin at $8 million per year for four years? This is a hypothetical free agent signing for you. Kadri. 
One of those two at eight million for four years, as opposed to Kane at seven for what? However many years. Yeah. Oh, uh, how many years was the Kane one again? We don't even uh, know. That's just it. Well, if it's Kane at seven by two, I take Kane. If it's Kane at seven by four or Kadri at eight by four, I think I take Kadri, and I don't touch Malkin in this scenario. Why not? Yeah, he gets hurt a lot. He's lost a step. He won't help you on your PK, which Kadri would. So if I'm choosing between those two, it's Kadri all day. Yeah, I think Kadri is a more a more rounded player right now. You could utilize him in a lot more situations that uh, we could we could use than uh, than either Malkin or Kane at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, like the Kadri pick makes sense, but could you imagine this team with the firepower of Evgeny Malkin on our second power play? Like all of a sudden our second power play is getting exactly the exact same amount of time as the first power play. But you're remembering Gino. This isn't the same Gino's before though. Neither is Alexander Ovechkin, but I'm taking him on this team too. I don't know. I, I just, I can't turn down that kind of talent. Did you just think though about contrarian. Of Evgeny Malkin, he had 20 goals, 22 assists, and 41 games. Yeah, the Penguins. That's really good. Still a point per game play. I just I wouldn't bank on him doing that for four more years at his age. I think he's falling. He's I think also he's 35, so that is uh, a yeah. note there. Um, for me personally, just to wrap it up, I would take I would take Kadri any day of the week if if this is just the hypothetical and we had the room for it. How like the Oilers don't have players that are incredibly annoying to play against while also being extremely skilled. They just don't really have it. And Kadri is that he's a player that if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's not, you absolutely detest him. And I would love to have more of those in the Oilers lineup. And like it or not, as we're about to lose, we're probably going to lose at least one guy who uh, is pretty valuable in the dressing room. You know, the, the fact that everyone's brought up the way Smith can, change the change the mindset on the bench or, you know, just the little, the little uh, intangibles he has. Um, those could easily be gone. That's that can, that can hurt us. We saw what happened after when, um, Oh, the, uh, the paralyzer Hendricks, Hendrix. when Hendricks left, you know, we lost some things on the dressing room, but uh, they weren't measurable, but were definitely valuable. It'd be an interesting offseason for the Oilers here. Um, I like the hypotheticals. So if you got ask the idiots questions for us, hit me up. Got it? Good. Although I will say I won't be here on Friday's episode. So hit Tyler for Friday's Ask the Idiots questions. Um, boys, who gets the GC on this one? You got two options and that's it. You got Capo Caco for Yessa or your hypothetical situation with Kadri and Malkin. Kadri Malkin. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it easy. Kadri Malkin too. Um, hypothetical, it, it, yeah. I'd like more of those. So, yep. There you go. Scott, you win the GC, my friend. Good for you, Scott. Uh, Scott has been trying a few times. He has won in the past, but today's your day. Today is your day. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? We're not going to do a standard uh, hot and cold performers this week. We gave Twig and Berries a little shout out. Before again, check them out at twigandberries.ca. Any final thoughts, Tyler? No, not really. I kind of like that. Uh, this we, we put out the poll asking if people wanted two episodes a week or one, and it was pretty split. So we kind of split it on Tuesdays. We'll just do like a quick little episode and Fridays will be the big thing. Uh, the only thing that I will say just to wrap it up is check out the article I just posted on Oilers Nation today about our nation vacation to Toronto. You want to come with us? Go check out a couple of Jays games, a uh, TFC game. I've never been to the sky, uh, the Dome. I'm still going to call it Sky Dome. I've never been there. I'm excited about that. I've never seen pro soccer. 
I'm excited about that, even though I don't know anything about it. So I'm looking forward to this trip. So that's happening in August. All the details are available at nationgear.ca. Dan, anything else people should know about this trip? Uh, no, it's going to be a heck of a time. Make sure you pack some Oilers gear because we want to be showing off our Oilers pride around uh, the city of Toronto and upset some Leaf fans. Also, if you have one, I think me and Tyler are going to be bow boys while we're down there. So if you got a Bichette jersey, bring along nice. with you. Oh, I also wanted to say, uh, uh, send some condolences to Flames Nation. Uh, and if you want, have a quick read over there about their longtime trainer, Jim Bearcat Murray, who just passed away today. There, yeah, check out flamesnation.ca. Ryan Pike has got an article up about that right now. Uh, there you go. For all of us here, I want to say thanks for listening and shout out to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, and Twig and Berries for making this all possible. This is Oilers Nation Radio episode 205. Wrapping it up on a Tuesday. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Shout out Dub Champs, Edmonton Oil Kings. Woo. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.